There's so many uncertainties. You need to remember why you succeeded. I finally knew what to fix first. But there's no substitute for hard work. I wasted years before I finally figured it out. But I kind of woke up and just said, look, you know, don't waste this opportunity. He was trying to find a solution to a problem. We actually don't rush to the urgent. We rush to the apparent, which is even more deadly. It turns out I was confusing the same people I wanted to help. Welcome to the Construction and Ag Business Growth Podcast. This is your host, Jeannie Rinkob with Storybuilt Marketing and Consulting. These are the stories of owners and leaders overcoming obstacles, finding opportunities, and building better businesses that serve our community, our country, and our world. Today we're launching a four-part interview series with the president and CEO of Smithco Side Dump Trailers, Scott Lovell. In part one, we're going to actually be discussing something really relevant to probably all of you because we all know how hard it is to actually find the best people and then also the impact of losing those people if we can't retain them. So in this conversation, we're actually discussing the importance of hiring for the long haul and how they've created a culture of advancement and opportunity, which has helped them keep the top quality. And make sure you listen to all four episodes in this series as we touch on a variety of topics that are going to inspire you in your business. If you're serious about working on growing your business, we believe the smartest way to do this is to assess your business using a proven process, accurately identify the most serious roadblock your business is facing, plan out the solution, and then fix it using that solution. So in short, you need to assess, identify, plan, and then fix. You can get the free Fix This Next Assessment resource tools from my website, including a one-page evaluation guide and access to a quick digital version of the deeper Fix This Next evaluation I use with my clients. You can actually go through this evaluation and have results that help you identify where your most vital need might be in your business in under five minutes. Scott Lovell, thanks for joining me today. Super excited about our conversation. We recently got to talk and you introduced me to the company that you are leading, Smithco Side Dump Trailers. And I recently moved to Iowa. I've been out meeting people both in the construction world and the ag world, which are my backgrounds. Your name has come up over and over again, as well as Smith's Co. So I've been super excited to connect with you and finally twisted your arm and you gave me some time and it was worth it. It was such a great story. So super excited to have you on as a guest today. Well, thank you. It sounds like the seed money I threw out there for people to talk good about me worked. <laughs> I know. Whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. <laughs> so... I know when we talked, you had kind of a different story as to how you came to be in the role that you're in. It wasn't maybe a traditional path that everybody takes to leading a company like this. So can you just give our audience a little bit of background as to how, what that journey was leading you up to your role in Smithco? Sure. I'm an education graduate. I graduated from the University of Iowa in 92 with an education degree. So I was a teacher wanted to go back home and teach in the area where I grew up, which is Keokuk, Iowa, clear in the southeast corner of the state. And I went back and there really, there wasn't any full-time openings. And so I was doing a lot of subbing and long-term subbing. And at that time, it didn't pay a whole lot. So it was hard to pay the bills. So I took a job as a um, program director at IMCA. And I was there for four and a half years. And in that time, 
I met a lot of business people with my connections at the Y. And um, one of them offered me a position at his company as the purchasing and HR manager. I knew nothing about either of those positions. So I went to work for him and kind of learned on the fly, knew enough just to be dangerous, really. Long story short, ended up getting married and moved to Cherokee, Iowa. I left that company and came up here to Northwest Iowa and uh, put out 250 resumes. And yeah, two companies contacted me back and one of them was Smithco. And I got hired as the HR manager. And then uh, six months later, I was promoted to... uh, plant manager. And then I think it was in 2006, I was promoted to operations manager. And then in March of 2019, I became the president of the company when the company was sold and the founder, Greg Smith, who was the president at that time, retired. And so I took over his position. So I've been here since uh, July of 2000. So just celebrated my 20th year. I think that's really cool because I think a lot of times these days, you don't see people necessarily having those longevity careers inside of one company and really going up. But yet, I think for a lot of us, that still is, even though it's might not be, you know, we talk a lot about people shifting careers more frequently these days and stuff like that. But I think in in the two industries that we're primarily discussing, you know, I feel like that that is something that you see more frequently. And I feel like it can be a real great benefit to the companies and the people there, especially for creating opportunities. So it sounds like you found a place that actually they found opportunities for the people that needed and deserves to grow, which is something that it can be hard to build that into our businesses sometimes, but I think it's really needed to keep that top talent. Yeah, it, it can be. I, you know, here at Smithco, every uh, plant floor supervisor that we have didn't start out as a supervisor. They've worked their way up to the company. All of our department heads pretty much the same way. Very few times have we actually went outside the company and hired for positions that we had open. There are some because we just didn't have anybody qualified within the company, like the CFO position. You, you don't have a pipeline of CFOs coming up through a company our size. So, you know, usually 95% of the positions that we open up as we grow, that we create, we promote from within. And I think that's really important so that your company employees know that, hey, you're invested in them and they have a future here. And that, that's, you know, I've been here 20 years and that's why I stayed. I saw the potential of what was going to happen, what could happen with this company. Never did I ever think that I would be the company president, but I saw the opportunity for growth. And and so I, I, I jumped in with both feet. Yeah. So I think when a company takes that strategy, which we've talked about, I love, but when a company does take that strategy, I feel like it's super critical to get the hiring part right. So yeah. How have you guys approached that and how has that been, you know, kind of a priority to make that happen? Well, you know, we're not unlike any other company. We've had way more misses than we've had hits when it comes to hiring people. I just, as a matter of fact, just got off a call with a bunch of industry leaders and educators before getting on this one with you and talking about the issues that uh, industry are having with finding good qualified people. And it's, it's not skill sets from a, a technical standpoint that are really lacking. It's a lot of those soft skill things that people don't have or, you know, just go showing up to work every day, yeah. uh, being expected to do a good job, taking constructive criticism the right way, all those kind of things. So we've had many, many misses over the years. I've heard a lot of industry leaders say, well, that's just the workforce and you have to deal with it. I don't believe that. Coming I'm with from you. Education, yeah. Coming from an education standpoint, there's always a reason 
for high turnover. And every company will have those positions that you just seem that you can't keep filled for whatever reason. We take the approach of, okay, let's figure out why people are leaving. So we're doing exit interviews. We do interviews with the employees. Once they come in, they start and we're interviewing them at their 30 day, their 60 day, their 90 day. What's working? What's not going well? What did you wish we had done on your onboarding process that maybe we didn't do? What are the things that you like? What are the things you don't like? And just learning and gleaning that information is valuable so that when we do bring people in, we are doing everything that we can to meet their needs and also let them know that, hey, this is a company you you can grow in. Now, you're always going to have those employees that are just looking for the next best thing. In my 20 years here, and a lot of people here could, could vouch for this, is when people leave us for the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, so the reasons, most times they come back or they ask to come back. So that tells me we're doing a lot of things the right way. But we are always looking for the reasons why people leave and can we address those? I'm not a believer in saying that's just the way it is. Yeah. I love that you're taking that approach and you kind of mentioned like your background in education. How do you think that background has actually benefited you in the path that you took with Smithco and your current role? Yeah, I think when I agreed to become president of Smithco, I had a lot of reservations from the business side of things because my background is not in business. I don't have a business degree. There are a lot of things in my previous roles here that I wasn't exposed to that the CEO needs to know from the business aspect. So I was a little hesitant from that standpoint, but I had a lot of people outside the organization and inside the organization say, you needed to take this role. And what I found in every role that I've had here is I'm teaching on a daily basis. I think good leaders are good teachers. Um, you know, My background also is in coaching. And if you're a good coach, it doesn't mean that you know just the X's and O's. You know how to get people to do things, how to bring people together, how to send them down the same path for the common cause. And so good coaches are great teachers. And I think if you're going to be the leader of any organization, whether it's Smithco or anything else, if you're not willing to invest in people from a teaching and coaching standpoint, they're never going to be who you want them to be as employees. And they're never going to understand that you have a vested interest in them bettering themselves. Part of our, our purpose statement here is, you know, we exist to build the best, I'm just paraphrasing here, we exist to build the best trailers in, in the world. But our primary focus is to provide a way of life for our employees just paraphrasing. And so it's important that they know that. And if you're not all the time reiterating that, not only in the messaging that you give them, but in how you treat them, how you interact with them, the investment that you make in them personally and the investment you make in them professionally, they're never going to buy into what you're selling. And mm-hmm. so as a coach and as a teacher in my upbringing and uh, education, that has played a, uh, probably the biggest role in my ability and, and my um advancing through the company to where I am today. Honestly, I could have an MBA. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be as effective with just an MBA as I can be with the education background that I have. Yeah. I think what you say rings true just in a lot of the conversations I have with organizations and teams, especially when you get down to, you know, you, you talk to the executive team and you talk to the managers and you kind of get down in there into, you know, where the rubber really meets the road 
I have so many people that talk about, you know, wanting to develop, wanting to be, you know, have access to training, wanting to grow. I think people really want people to take an interest in them. And people, a lot of what people see as value in their role isn't necessarily strictly their compensation, things like that. It's the things that, how can I grow and develop as a person? I think as people, we're searching for meaning. We're searching for what is it that's that's driving me every morning? What's driving me to get up every morning? And people don't, good people especially, don't want to just stay like they are. They don't want to stay mediocre. They don't want to stay where they're at. Even if they're great, they want to get better. They didn't get to great by not wanting to get more. And I think as organizations, sometimes we get busy in the day-to-day and we forget that not only can our people really benefit from that, but our organizations and our communities really benefit from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in these industries as well, like, you know, it's busy. We're hands-on. A lot of the work is really hands-on work. And it's, it's, it's hard to remember to take time to do that and to make sure that leaders and mentors and managers and, you know, the heads of these organizations are investing in their people that way. Yeah, you have to be intentional about it. It doesn't happen via osmosis. Every morning, one of the first things I do when I get here at 630, I check my emails and then I head to the floor. I look at just to see where things are and how things are going, but I'm talking to the employees. That's my way of keeping in contact with them. Yeah, um, I love don't, that. Don't I have an open door policy as long as you follow the chain of command. I don't want you know someone coming into my office with a complaint. They haven't addressed it with their supervisor or HR first, but you know they know they can come talk to me. And so it's that I think you made a good point. Compensation is important, but it's not the end all that people are looking for. They want to be valued. Mm-hmm. And they want to know that they have a seat at the table and that you care for them as individuals. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've had people in my office sharing with me their personal struggles or issues going on in their life and us trying to help them as much as we can as a company to let them know that, hey, we care about you. Yeah. And that's important to them. Yeah. I think people, they really want to be part of something bigger than themselves. I think that's just, I think, common, you know, human, I mean, nature. I think when you look at even Viktor Frankl's research and psychology and stuff like that, those things really come out right there. So head over and grab that resource on my website at storybuilt.marketing backslash assessment. And you're going to get results in under five minutes and a lot of clarity on where that vital need in your business might actually reside. Also, make sure you catch all four episodes of this series that we're going to be putting out. Just a few of the topics that we're also going to be covering with Scott talk about why they're pursuing digital marketing the way they are right now, as well as how putting their customers' problems first has actually strengthened their business and helped propel their growth. If you are loving this episode, make sure that you subscribe so you can catch other episodes with leaders, managers, and business owners in the construction and agricultural industries. We would love for you to rate, leave a review, or even share with a friend. But most of all, make sure you're subscribed so you catch the next interview series when it lands.